0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today's is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. And this is the 7 a.m. Pacific Standard, Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we are in the chapter into action, page 74, the first paragraph. If we cannot or would not Rather do this, ending with, but always considerate of others, one paragraph only. Today's readers are Margaret D. reading the text, Rachel P. reading page 164, and Vanessa G. is our backup reader. Newcomer greeter is Anne Marie, and the host will be Roz G. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, 7 a.m. meeting, April eleventh, 2023, is 20,147 and the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting was 20,148. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Victoria L. to read the 12 steps of OA.
1: Hi, good morning everyone. This is Victoria L. and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service.
0: Thank you, Victoria. I will now ask Annette M. to read the 12 traditions of OA.
1: Hi,
2: this is Annette M. from Toronto, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Tradition two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeater Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeater Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues hence the OA name, never be uh, drawn drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Annette. Thank you.
0: How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and our readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the direction in the big book means to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on into action. We are on page seventy four the first paragraph. If we cannot or would rather not do this in ending with but always considerate of others, one paragraph
3: only. I will now ask Margaret D to begin reading. Hey, everybody. My name is Margaret E. and um, I am recovered only
4: through God's grace and mercy. If we cannot or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a close-mouthed, understanding friend. Perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person. It may be one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or our parents which will hurt them and make them unhappy. We have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand yet be unaffected. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. So um, some of the experiences that I've had about doing a fifth step have occurred all throughout my life before I got in program Um, and I can tell you some of the mistakes that I made. Um, So um, there was some inappropriate sexual contact when I was a child and um, it greatly bothered me. It just really terrifically bothered me. Well, I couldn't go to the, as a 10-year-old, I couldn't go to maybe the minister or the deacon or the priest in our area because I knew what was going to happen there. That's what always happened. I got five Hail Marys, five Our Fathers, and five Glory Bees, and that was my penance, and just do it and go on. And so I always felt that when I went to confession, I was neither un- understood and whatever I said didn't affect the other person it was just you know like ordering at the drive through or whatever um so as I got older I got into therapy and I did this same fourth step I was in program at the time and was actually doing the fourth step and I thought well I'll go to my psychologist and so Boy, that was really an experience. Um, so how the psychologist took it was he tried to support me in my feelings, and I felt like it was just a whole wasted experience. And so he did not understand the goal or the you know what I was looking for, which was to tell my whole story. What he was looking for was to support me, and I didn't need somebody to support me. I needed somebody to hear me and so again, he didn't really understand what I was going towards, and he was affected because he wanted to do a good job and he wanted to support me so um at another time, I guess I was about ten or eleven, and I went before I was in program, obviously. So I talked to a family member, which was an older sister, with uh, the same thing had happened to her. Well, she understood, yet both of us were affected. She was not a good choice because um, we we couldn't, you know, as as young kids we had no answers whatsoever. So we understood each other, but it didn't, you know, it just didn't have any, um, it didn't advance our spirituality. I and maybe that's not even true. I don't know. So the next um, thing, as I got older, I was talking to my Hi. mother. Of a minute. Okay. Um, so I'll wrap it up with this. Um, the big thing, I think, going back now, is to really check and see, will this person understand yet be unaffected? And the other thing is, um, you know what, I'm just going to pass with that. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Margaret D. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too.
3: And who would like to share on the first paragraph of page 174? Well,
0: I know Camera somebody C. wants to share. Camera C.
3: This is Deb S, Michigan.
0: Deb S. This is Larry K.
5: Larry
6: K. Two N W. Two John. W. Uh, John. Witt. John, Witt.
5: John M.
0: Got it. Okay, I'll take one
3: more. Sue Ann, w.
0: Uh,
3: I have you, Sue Ann. Okay. Anybody else? Marty. Marty? Okay. All right. So let's start with t- Tamara C. Followed by Deb S.
7: Thank you. Good morning. This is Tamara C very grateful to be recovered, compulsive overeater. I live in Missouri. I wanted to share on this part about um, we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. And um, I kind of don't like that idea, like being hard on myself. What does that mean? I have to be hard on myself. And so um, for me, it doesn't mean I have to be mean to myself. Um, it just means... If I want this recovery and this freedom, I am willing to be uncomfortable, I'm willing to be vulnerable, to risk being seen and be completely truthful with uh, my sponsor or whoever I'm sharing my fifth step with about my patterns of thinking and behaving, my self-centeredness and the harm that I have done. one thing that helped me was uh, one time when I was working on my step four, and I um, spoke with a recovered fellow. She said, Tamara, remember, it's just information." And so that kind of reminds me, yeah, I can, I can really, really look. I can look and see it all, because I, I don't have to, you know, get into shame. I can, I can just say, I'm just looking for the information that's going to bring healing. And so I don't have to soften it to try to make myself or my sponsor like me or validate me. I can just be really, really real. And um, truthfully, revealing my true self to a recovered sponsor is one of the kindest things I can do for myself. So I am being considerate of myself when I'm willing to go to any lengths. Um, and what I get from it is I get unconditional love from my sponsor. And that helps me trust that I can get unconditional love from my higher power and learn how to give that love to myself as well. I get guidance from my sponsor to see myself more clearly when I'm truthful. Um, I get the freedom to move forward toward spiritual growth and a beautiful new way of living. And so um, this idea of being hard on myself, I can... I can bring it into all of my step work, uh, just reminding myself that I, I want to be completely honest, but I, I don't have to do it in such a uh, negative, shaming way, just an honest look at where am I at, Where where is there growth, and where can there be more growth. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Tamara C. Uh, next we'll have Deb S. followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Deb.
8: Hi, this is Deb. Uh, good morning, Compulsive overreader in Michigan. And yeah, I just, I wasn't really planning on sharing on this particular paragraph today. I guess it often happens with us, but it was quiet at first, and then I thought, well, I, I can jump in here. And a couple of things about this paragraph that really stood out, and I think it was, you know, I mean, the whole goal, of course, we're admitting our defects, as it says in, the, you know, this earlier part, to try to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and discover obstacles. So that's, you know, the, the purpose I see in this step is to have that new relationship with my Creator, have a new attitude, and that's a lifelong thing for me. That didn't just happen once in the fifth step, and then have a new relationship with my God and discover obstacles. And so, you know, kind of who could help me do that is the goal for me around step five and, and it was the first time I did the steps in the program and it felt like I've had to do the steps over again completely but I, I will continue to do a fourth step on things when they come up you know things that I wasn't ready I didn't quite even understand to deal with earlier on in my program um, just some really more, I don't know, just deeper things, things that had, you know, I I knew maybe I had the issue and I might have said something about it, but I I was able to unravel it quite a lot better later on. And then those times when I've picked a person and asked them if they would be willing to hear my fifth step, nobody's ever refused, nobody's ever turned me down. And I've always just gone to people in the program, somebody who's seeing the world kind of in a slightly similar way from, you know, from me. And they could advise me on things that I might not see. Like, Deborah, you were really relying on yourself there. You know, it sounds like you really didn't rely on God at all, did you? You know, and what a an insightful thing. And I, I think what they're saying about somebody who could be affected or hurt—I mean, I think I think this is written in 1939, and they were ta- or earlier, you know, different places and times. But a, a while ago, and I think they're really just really looking at, you know, if you had an—I think it's very black and white here on that. If you had an affair with someone you know you shouldn't go pay you go and tell somebody who's going to know about that and say it very clearly and then you've hurt someone else you know i think the talking about if you're you know if if you affect someone else i think it's it's more like are you going to affect their life by telling them something that they don't know and that they really have no need to know and that part, I just didn't get too bogged down in, in that. I just knew if I was working with somebody in the program, I was probably safe from that. Uh, but I think that's probably a good thing to think about in all situations in life, you know, even making an apology for something, you know, am I going to hurt the other person when I um, make this apology? Uh, there's somebody on my list right now. It's somebody very close to me in my family, uh, um, I, I connected. and I And I need to, and I'm looking at that, and that was a helpful paragraph to read for that too. So um, thanks, everybody, and I've
0: Thank you, Deb. Next we have Larry Kay followed by Sue Ann W. Go ahead, Larry.
9: Oh, Thanks so much. Uh, this is Larry K. I'm a recovered, compulsive overeater from Chicago. I wanted to chime in on this. You know, I can choose the most um, understanding, compassionate, supportive person to share my first step with. And in my experience, if I'm vague, if I'm lacking humility, if I remain hidden, remember the exact nature of our wrongs, we read about that. I'm not going to, in my experience, I'm not going to receive the grace and the illumination that that leads to a spiritual awakening. I've tried that. <laughs> I found that person that is so supportive. They're wonderful. Oh, they, you know, they're terrific. Um, but I, but I've remained lacking humility. I was not, I was not tough on myself. I know in 2023, that's a, be hard on oneself. Oh my goodness, no! Don't ever do that. Well, let's understand the spirit in which they're talking about this. But you know, conversely, I can give away an honest, very specific fifth step. You know, dealing with the exact nature of my wrongs to the least compassionate person. You know, to to a person who doesn't necessarily have uh, an understanding, and yet I will receive that illumination. I will receive that uh, that grace that's required for me to to progress towards this spiritual transformation, to these this this incremental change. So I want to yes, I want to be hard on myself. We're not, we're not talking about beating the living daylights out of yourself, but I want to be specific. I want to. I don't want to remain hidden. So I don't want to focus on the wrongs that others have done. I think that's what the tenor of the, the message in this paragraph about being hard on myself is. You know, um, boy, I could be really, really soft on myself and easy as I wrap up here, um, and and never get towards the transformation and the change. Never get the illumination, the light that I need. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry. Uh, next, we have Sue Ann W. followed by John M. and then Morgan K.
6: Good morning. My name is Sue Ann W. I'm um, a recovering um, person from Pennsylvania. I I like this, this um, paragraph. I'm not quite there yet in my recovery, but I must tell you, being hard on myself is second nature to me. So that won't be a problem. I like the a fact of it's honesty, and I, I'm working on not being so hard on myself. Um, and I've, I've done these steps before. I went through the steps using the workbook, um, and somehow we didn't really consider the spirituality of the whole program, which is why I'm really glad I'm going to be doing them again. Um, I... <laughs> I um I have people in mind that I can a couple of people that I can do this step with that are would honestly listen and not judge. Um so that's a good thing to me. And I'm I'm happy to be sharing this morning. Thank you for your service and have a nice day. Bye
0: bye. Thank you, Suanne. And next we have John M. followed by Morgan K.
5: John M. from South Carolina, happy to be here this morning. Um, I, too, had uh, undergone some terrible abuse as a child, but I was fortunate because uh, of what it led to. I unknowingly did a step four and a step five to escape the terrible pain and I began to see, you know, not what had happened to me, but how did I attract that? What was going on with me that I actually, I took responsibility for what happened to me rather than seeing myself as a victim. Because a victim can't heal. But if you say, well, what was my part in it? That, then the healing begins. So through it all, I found God and a friend for life. And so I would have gone through, uh, the fires of hell to find the comfort that I got, uh, from God over the years. So, um, I believe that everything that happens to us is completely and utterly ordered by his laws. So I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we need to, uh, go out and tell everybody what happened to us and blame somebody, but, uh, that, Uh, The steps really explain to us uh, how do we heal, how does the healing process begin, and let it begin. So um, uh, that's all I wanted to share this morning, and thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, John.
3: And next we have Morgan Kay. Good morning everyone. Uh, I'm
10: Morgan, a compulsive overeater from Manitoba, Canada. Um, I am not on step five yet, but um the the part that says we search an understanding friend really stood out to me today. Yesterday I was in a very dangerous spot and you know, getting on this meeting and listening to all my fellows talk about being entirely honest. Um I really heard you all. And, you know, I looked up people who I'd never spoken to before on the member list and I reached out and God, I hate asking for help. I, I don't want to let anybody in and, and, you know, reaching out and creating a fellowship has always been, (laughs) seems like such a big struggle. Um, But I was really directed to do that yesterday and and get out of my comfort zone. And and it made such a difference. and of course, you know, what you resist. <laughs> uh, ironically, uh, developing a fellowship, uh, you know, of understanding friends has been. You know, the greatest gift um, and so. You know, if the phone feels like a thousand pounds today, I just want to say, like, pick it up because. It made such a difference um, in my day, in my life in my recovery yesterday.
3: Um, because of those understanding friends. And uh, with that, I'll pass, thank you. Thank you, Morgan. Okay, I'm ready to
0: take more shares. I just wanna remind everybody, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience. Who else would like to share?
11: Shanna C. Sarah K. from New York. Shanna C.
0: Sarah K. Melissa C. Melissa? Hmm. You guys are being too good to me. Anybody else?
12: Joanne D. from New York. Can you say that again? For Joanne D. from New York.
0: Jo-Ann. I know I'm going to screw that up. Okay. Anybody else? All right. We'll go with um, Shana C., Sarah K., Melissa C., and D-Line D. Okay. Go ahead, Shana C. Good
11: morning. Thank you so much. This is Shanna C., Recover Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Uh, so grateful uh, to be so um, abstinent this morning and be given this way of life. And so grateful to have the opportunity to... Learn the when and the how to give, you know, and when and how to talk about this stuff with the right people and, um, you know, that closed mouth understanding friend. Um, This bottom line, I'm someone who for years went and talked about all my problems to everybody and used people um, and expected people to solve my problems. You know, my food problem, my self-esteem problem, my, you know, completely dependent upon people without realizing um, that there is a power greater than me that is actually meant to solve those problems that I've had. Um, but I didn't know how to access that power. And I had a lot of ideas and beliefs that kept me blocked off from believing that there was a power greater than me. And if there is one, he certainly didn't care about the problems that I was having or that my problems were too small for him to even worry about. Every bit of that is egocentric. Didn't know that. But you don't know what you know until you you know know what you know um and despite what i know that didn't give me power either <laughs> once i came to that realization it came to the point where even the ideas of of dependence upon people had you know had to admit complete defeat but there was no human power that could help me but there is a way to access the power that could heal um and it's through working these steps particularly step five um, when i did my step five it was pretty anticlimactic um I didn't have these wonderful beams of light shining out of my eyes after, you know, it was, oh my God, thank God I was able to talk about this with this understanding person. But but I also see that there is a lot of work to be done that I can't do myself. Um, And thank God that this step ushers me on into the rest of the steps where more and more humility is given because I see just how powerless I am. And with that humility and admission and defeat and and admittance of that dependence upon a power greater than a more power is infused. And then I'm all of a sudden not dependent so much on myself and I'm not using people for selfish gain anymore. And I'm able to do the will of my father. It's a miracle for my life. And it's so much bigger than just not eating the junk. Um, I get a little choked up and I'm so grateful for you guys for being here and being that place for me where I can learn this stuff. And I'm so grateful for that every day that I, I, you know, when stuff crops up, I get to call somebody. I get to talk about this, and I don't get to stay there and whine about it. I get to turn my thoughts to someone I can help get the heck out of myself. And that experience can be used to help somebody else. That's all I have, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank you, C. Next we
0: have Sarah Kay, followed by Melissa C. and Joanne B. Go ahead, Sarah.
13: Good morning, family. This is Sarah Kay from New York, recovering in program one day at a time, sugar addict. Um, I may not be quoting from the literature because I have uh, brain fog, but I caught some things that I could talk about. Many years ago, when I used to complain about my friend's behavior, my husband would look at me and the look said, you too. And I was aghast. To learn that I was behaving just like they were, which I could not tolerate. I have always been, thank you, able to listen to people telling me. I have I have three very close friends, and we share a special bond in that we are, allow each other to sh- to give opinions, uh, talk about things. I have been able to talk to friends about the loss of my cat. But I've been dishonest with myself. Although I do walk with God, I asked God to help me with my cat, that he would take her, and then help me with my grief. God did me the favor of allowing me to be able to take my cat to the vet, to be put to sleep, and I couldn't be there when they did that. And I'm in grief now, and it comes and it goes. Yesterday, I was completely unable to do anything, dishes in the sink. And I spoke to my friends, and they said to me, Don't be so hard on yourself. You're mourning. And that was probably the first time since I put it down that I really felt the mourning as I did when I lost my husband. The cat was my baby. I will mourn. I will have pain one day at a time. As long as God thinks I need to be in whatever situation I am, it's under his control and his guidance. So my life goes on. And I would just like to say thank you to the people who have reached out to me from vision. I don't come very often, but you've reached out to me. And I'm so grateful to you and um, program for changing my life, allowing me to walk with God and teaching me that I was dishonest about the cat. The doctor said weeks or months because she developed a heart condition. So I would lay in bed with her next to me, breathing and watching to see if she had a heart attack. That is not what killed her. And God did me the favor not to wake up with my dead baby that I was able to take her to the vet. And kiss her goodbye. And I know I'm dealing with grief one day at a time. It, it manifests in many different ways. I don't know what today will bring. Fine. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. And you all have helped me. So I'm forever grateful to UNHP. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sarah Kay. Uh,
0: next, we have Melissa C, followed by Joanna B. Go ahead, Melissa.
14: Hey, good morning, Julie. Thanks so much for taking the meeting this morning. It's really, really good to hear you. Um, my name is Melissa a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And you know, I, I read this, and you know, I think about um, you know the person who heard my my fifth step in earnest, like the last, well, one of the last times I gave a, a real true fifth step. But um, she was very much what this describes, although she was my sponsor, you know, that we have the benefit, I think, in our program of having many acquaintances <laughs> um, and real dear friends in the program who are closed mouth and understanding, and, and you're yeah, our friends. Um, and, um, you know, I think what really grabbed me was that she was, she was understanding and unaffected, and in a loving way, Helped me to be hard on myself and yet considerate and uh, of others. And you know, my my particular circumstance was I had a lot of like misdirected guilt. I had a lot of guilt over things that I really didn't have any reason to feel guilty over. And yet I had a lot of self pity. You know, I walked around with a lot of self pity. Um, and in my self pity, I caused harm because my self pity was like my, um, it was my built-in excuse why I could behave in ways that were really outside of my own ideals, but I blamed it on, well, don't you understand what I'm going through? I don't have to blank, you know, and and in that position, um, I caused harm in family relationships, and I was very angry at the people who really didn't deserve my wrath. They didn't, know how to react around me and um and i'm so grateful that i had a sponsor who could hear what i had to say who offered me compassion and who very like gently but firmly kept asking me questions (laughs) kept pointing me back into the text and back into what's my responsibility here and what are your defects and how have you placed unrealistic demands on other people and, and she helped me sort of see things, um clearly see things in a different light so that after I gave my fifth step, um, I was no longer angry at all those people who never deserved my anger after all and I felt a sense of forgiveness, you know, when she said to me, I, I feel like God forgives you, Melissa I feel like God sent her a message that day, you know, so I was able to, like, let go of my guilt, but I knew that I had amends that I had to make, and I didn't have to feel guilty about it, I just had to go clean it up, and um, thanks for that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa. Next, we have Joanna B.
12: Hi, um, my name is Joanne B, and I'm from New York, Um, and I I was... um, you know, focusing on this last sentence of the paragraph, the rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. Um, so, um, until I did my fifth step, um, I was hard on everybody else. I criticized them in my mind, I judged everybody, and I was full of self pity, and I was the victim always. And what this step did for me was turn it around. Um, I did my first fifth step um, with a kind and loving and devoted member of a 12-step recovery program who was able to point out to me my part in ways that I had never considered. When I see the words, we have to be hard on ourselves, um, I don't think of the way that i was like critical of myself in my own mind for many many years i think more of the fact that we're doing a very thorough house cleaning here and we're we're bringing up all of those items that um you know we've hidden deep inside ourselves and we're looking at them from a different point of view um and that's what she did for me um i was always considerate of myself and thinking, like, well, I don't deserve this behavior. Um, and she turned things around for me and showed me my part. Um, and in that way, I was able to um, be honest for the first time in my life about what, how I behaved with other people and how that, that emotion, other things that made me angry and resentful, and it mainly change my behavior for the first time in my entire life. I, was, I had been a victim and now suddenly I saw that I bear responsibility and I have a responsibility to continue moving forward and behaving in a considerate way of other people and, um, and to continue to dig in and see how my behavior affects other people. Um so that's how I take that um that sentence, and it has proven to be a game changer for me um and it got me closer to god um it got me honest for the first time in my first time in my life and um and I, I'm forever grateful this was a, this step for me was the step that was a turning point in my recovery um and with that, I'll pass thank you.
0: Thank you, Joanne. Okay, I'm ready to take some more names. Who would like to share on the first
3: paragraph of page 74? Anna? Anna? Susan C? Susan C? Maria G? Maria G? I could take maybe one or two more. Okay, well let's start with this. Anna, what is your initial of your last name? Jay? Jay, go ahead and share.
0: Thanks.
15: Hi, I'm Anna. I'm recovering compulsive overeater in New York. Um thank you so much for the meeting and um I don't share often but I, I really listen every day and I just so appreciate I lear- I'm learning so much of this group. And um this really to me is sort of the the access point between um sort of the the old old ways that I was um working these programs. Um twelve step rooms, um, you know, I would flee uh from anybody who didn't um who had anything sort of critical to say, or who suggested this, i just, you know, this sort of drop the rock. And for me, that was like my story of um, how I was mistreated and how, you know, just a whole litany of reasons um, and excuses for uh, my life being a mess. And, um, you know, it is, I really like what other people have said about how it's, um, you know, because so much of our, what is it? Pop. Therapy is about self care and self love in this. And um, I do come to this in a different way now because what I've seen is that when I'm actually moving to the right side of the page, the, the um, turnaround columns, and really looking at, and even in a tenth step, for example, like that's to me is the only place of freedom. Like this really works to stop focusing. Um, on other people and to really be called to account. Um, I just feel there's a kind of freedom there. And I just, I, I particularly love, um, you know, thinking about the serenity prayer as, um, grant me the serenity to accept the people and things I cannot change. Um, the courage to change the one I can and the wisdom to know that that one is me. And I, I really, I'm the only person who I can change and, um, I am grateful for a sponsor who calls me to um, a standard to really work this program. I have been um, stalling in some of my ninth steps, and um, and it's showing up in in having cravings. And um, just for today, I'm really glad that I am part of a program that understands that this has to be continuous work, regular work, um, to do those tenth steps immediately. I can see how yesterday would have been quite different if I had immediately done a 10th step um, on some things. And I know, I just feel really home here. Um, I believe in what we're doing and I just am grateful that there is a path and we get to start over at any time in terms of, um, you know, doing the work. So I'm, I'm really glad to be here Um, and I know I need help. So I'll pass through that. Thanks again.
0: Thank you, Anna J. Next we have Susan C. followed by Maria G. Go ahead, Susan. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me?
3: Yes. Susan um, from Pennsylvania. And um, just reading this, it
0: just reminded me when I was with uh, a gentleman. Well, before that, I was blaming myself for everything. And had a lot of, I didn't even, well, I kind of, from a certain degree, I saw, you know, I was like in a lot of fear or guilt or shame. And then I met this person and they would blame everybody else. And I I really liked that. I thought, oh, this is, this is cool, you know, Um, made me feel better. And then. Having been in program and doing a number of these, um, you know, uh, going through the steps, um, I had somebody have a reaction like they flipped, you know, and I I kind of like started to mistrust. Um, But just recently, I did this these steps with a person, and she was very understanding. And yet I'm still holding things back. You know, I still have like that shame or I want to present like a certain, um, you know, a certain facade about myself, like a certain front. But really, these are deep feelings that have been in me since I was a little girl. Fear, anger, shame, guilt, jealousy, pride, sloth, shame, all you know, whole thing. And so when I read this this morning, it's like, oh, it means that I take 100% responsibility.
3: Maybe not when somebody has abused me, but there
0: is something about this step where I don't have to continuously beat myself up every minute, every day, you know, like, beat myself, beat myself. But I can look and say now in reflection, okay, what's my part? What could I have done better? Where was my, you know, where, where was my part and where do I make an amend to somebody or share it with another person in program? So um, really grateful to hear all the shares. Thank you and for all your service.
3: Thank you, Susan C. And next we have Maria G. Hi, this is Maria G. from South Louisiana.
16: Um, Oh, this reading is just so rich. Um, the, uh, The ability to be accountable for myself and not point the finger at other people. And I, too, had a wonderful sponsor who was so supportive and yet was willing to tell me what I needed to hear. And uh, in in reference to my family, you know, um, I just, I wanted to tell her what they did and she wouldn't let me. (laughs) She'd stop me, you know, and she said, what is your part? And that was so frustrating at the beginning. And then I began to understand that um I wasn't a victim that i had a part that i wasn't being honest that i wasn't being forthright i wasn't uh taking responsibility for my life and um when i finally got it it was so uh freeing to me and um and it opened up my heart to the other person and made me understand that um you know i it. Uh, I had a part in all of that. That I. I wasn't the victim. I. I. Um. I. I wasn't. Um. I didn't have a lot of integrity. You know. I wanted to be something for someone and something for somebody else and something this way. And I, it was. Um, all my. Uh, it was self. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't matter. I was doing it to myself. And um, since then, I have had such beautiful, when I give it over to God, when I turn the situations and I stop trying to control, it's been just beautiful that things happen in God's time, not mine, and uh, the other thing I just wanted to share quickly was that um, my granddaughter and my great-granddaughter were in an accident two days ago, and it, it, it was a horrible accident, and they're both fine, and and I I didn't eat over it. I did I did want to. I, I felt the need to, that craving to satisfy that, the fear and the all of that that was coming. The feelings that what could have happened, you know. But I just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy One, that they were spared and saved. And my life is so different today. I don't see my life. Like i used to i'm I'm always in gratitude and always thinking of now what can I do for others, you know, and not being selfish and wanting to have everybody be responsible for me. And I pass with that. Thank you all so much for your shares. Thank you very
3: much, Maria G. We have time for um I'd say two shares. who would like to share? Kathy S. Kathy S. Voice and B. Can you say that again? Voice and B. Voice
0: B. Okay, let's start with uh, Kathy S and then uh voice and B.
3: Thanks,
17: Julie. This is Kathy S, recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia and um yeah, what really stands out to me, too, in this paragraph is the rule, because <laughs> I'm a rule person, uh, that we must be hard on ourselves. And and I, too, uh, concur with what a lot of people have shared, that this isn't about shaming myself. That's what I always took as hard on myself, being very self-critical, um, engaging in, like, you know, if I'm disturbed, I'm so stupid, you know, and I get into all of this. Uh, self-talk which as it turns out is just another form of self-seeking that's a defect that's not what we're looking at here it's how I need to be hard on myself and that I need to be thorough about this process and and look at you know my part where am I being selfish I'm not at all considering someone else's point of view problems or needs I'm demanding that my way be met that, that I need special treatment. I just want to look good and be liked. And, um, and then, you know, looking at the dishonesties, what, what are the lies that I'm telling myself? And I'm not admitting that often the things that I'm really despising about what somebody else is doing is something I've done before. And it's like, Oh, (laughs) they're just reflecting back at me or that this should not be happening. I'm in the wrong relationship or that relationship shouldn't, you know, I know better than God. And that's just, it's not true. A lot of times I set myself up to be harmed. I, I interrupt people and they, you know, or we are running the show. We step on the toes of others. They retaliate. And it's like, ah, I need to see these things. And then, you know, the self-seeking, engaging in judging and control. And this is a lot of times where I often even am get the red flag that I even have an inventory to do because I'm playing the victim. I'm engaged in pity. um, I'm sitting back analyzing, worrying, and I'm just disturbed. And then the fear looking at where am I frightened? Am I scared of the opinions of others? Oftentimes for me, it's fear of embarrassment and exposure because inside I'm scared. I'm inferior, I feel inferior, and the truth is I'm just not relying, I'm scared to rely upon God for my value, my self-esteem, and things like that, or the situation. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the fact that when I can really hone in on my part, then I'm not upset with the other person at all. The whole point is to see that when when we are disturbed, there's something spiritually off in us, not about the other person. They are just their instruments, their tools in God's hands to help us see what we need to see and to get right with God. And then we move on, which we will in a few days to six and seven, asking Him to remove these defects. And I'm just grateful for this process. And thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank, thank you. And next we have
3: uh, Roy and B. Uh, we only have about two minutes.
18: Um, good morning, um, fellows. Um, my name is Roy Sandy. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic um, in New Orleans. Um, I, I really can identify with the last speaker really said so many things um, that resonated along with everybody else this morning. But I guess I can't overestimate the power of brutal honesty um, when you're actually going through the steps and when you're sort of scratching the surface and when and the times when I've really dug in there and, and own my part and look for, for sometimes I'm so in my own head that I, I can't even see But how could it possibly be anything that I did? Um, you're so, I'm so, so caught up in the victim mode of seeing how somebody else did this wrong to me. Um, and that's been a re- recent in the last few months um, pattern for me. Um, and, and, And also, and I just lost my train of thought, but um, I I guess um, I've heard one too many times just in the last week, you're in your head. And I'm like, wait, is this all about, yes, it's selfish, self-centeredness. I'm in my own head. And a lot of these problems are self-created and um, driven by um, obsessive thoughts and you know, ruminating over things that aren't even true, building up these whole novels of fictitious things because I'm not going to God to help him just let him just take it. So, um anyway, I, I can't um brutal honesty in the in the fourth step is such a big deal and um and and the the way of service is really the key out of this um maze. So that's all I have. Thanks. Have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you very B. Okay, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, Rachel P., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
12: Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recover from in Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.